Hello, and welcome to Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We are so excited to be having a listener and coachy of Jay's on the program again today. Uh, Diane Silver is here with us, and I am super excited to get to know her, learn about her, and find out about this history. I hear there's 30 years with you guys. 30 years. We've been knowing each other, that's for sure. Yep. Holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah, and you know, Diane is, uh, she did work with me a while back, but she's more than that. She's a member of my spiritual entrepreneurs group, and I talk about that in my book. Pam Grout talks about her power posse, and Diane is one of those people. Um, So Diane has been uh, part, Diane, how long have we, spiritual entrepreneurs, we've been together for like five years, something like that? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I kind of lost track of time. It's so fun. Yeah, right, right. And, uh, you know, I encourage all of you, if you don't have a, a, a group of people that lift you up and support you in your business, you know, create one. Because we, we meet uh, twice a month and all of us uh, are entrepreneurs and all of us are practicing spirituality in our business. And um, so, you know, I'm just thrilled to have you here, Diane. Welcome. Oh, thank you so very much. I'm thrilled to be here. It's always fun. And... Uh, You know, and most importantly, Diane is an author, and um, she's just got a new book coming out, and we're excited to talk about that. And um, in addition to that, one of the things, Diane, I I don't think I share this with you. Um, I have a lot of clients, or have had a lot of clients throughout my life um, that are writers. And, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing you and having been part of your journey, I don't know if I've ever told you this, one of the things that I, I... stole from you or use for you with my clients who want to write is I put them on the hook to sit down every morning and just is it 500 words you do every day well it depends it depends on where I am in the project sometimes I uh, do 500 words sometimes I've done a thousand words Uh, and if I'm in an editing phase then I'll do a minimum of an hour because editing is and I remember Right, but I remember you sharing with our group once that part of your pre- best practice was you'd get up and you'd sit down and write mm-hmm. at least a, a 500 words, even if you had to write, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, I don't know what oh, to yeah. write, I don't know what to write. <laughs> or damn, 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 that's another good one, yes, yes. A damn, damn, <laughs> damn, damn, damn. <laughs> I like it. That sounds like what I would do, yeah. yeah. And then banging my head against the wall. My clients, see, my clients who want to be writers, I tell them all the time, you know, I share that practice with them. It's like if you just sit down and start writing, even if you write, I don't know what to write, that there's a, you know, that something will come, something will break through for you. And so I, I got that from you. I, I use that all the time with my clients. Oh, great, great. I'm glad you're passing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, well, it's yeah. amazing. How your mind gets bored and eventually it goes all right, and it begins. Okay, to fine. Most amazing thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so I want to, uh, I want, we'll definitely want to talk about your book and and the the concept of your book, which is hope, um, and it's a powerful and important uh, topic right now. But I also want to um, start by sharing something that I have always wanted to highlight because. Uh, you were somebody that when we worked together, we did a little bit of coaching together. And my memory is that the very first session, hmm. we got to one of your limiting beliefs. And when we talk in doing the work, we are always talking about what is an underlying belief that we have that sometimes runs us. And if, and my memory was that we sat down in the very first uh, session, we got to a limiting belief of yours 
which if I remember correctly, it was something mm-hmm. like, I can't do work I love and still make any money. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I know that feeling. <laughs> well, I knew that I could do work I loved, and I knew that I could make money, but I was firmly convinced I couldn't, I couldn't connect the two. Yeah. Yeah. I, and oh. we started chipping away at that, and part of it was that you started, you started uh, an, an affirmation for yourself or started a mantra and speaking that, and do you remember what that was? Uh, let me see if I've got it right. Um, it's um, the more I do the work I'm called to do, the safer I am and the more money I make. I love yes. it. Yes. And here's why I want to talk about it. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Because the other thing that we distinguished was that it had to do with safety. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm. Right? Yes. And, oh, yeah. I all, and I assert that a lot of our belief systems, you know, they're there to keep us safe. And so it's powerful to distinguish that and to see that that's a construct that, you know, just continues to run us um, and the and that people can break through that. Right. Because you've completely broken through that. Now you're only doing work you love. Right. Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's, there's part <laughs> of any job where, you know, I don't really love the bookkeeping part of being a full time writer, but well, I, right. I play yeah. music do it anyway so yeah i do the work i love wow which is fantastic so i just wanted to highlight that because i think it's it was such a power for me it was important work that we did that also throughout the rest of my coaching when i work with people i also have that kind of knowledge that we're 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 talking about stuff that keeps us safe some of those belief systems keep us safe and that sometimes to Mm -hmm. unpack those and be willing to be vulnerable enough to look at that stuff really is the breakthrough. So yeah, and for I really me, honor you I, for that. I was read thank you. Um I, I was amazed in the we met I think for coffee or something because we both yeah. live in the same town obviously. And um in the cuz it was just a you know I think it was a 20 minute let's see if we want to work together session and yeah. um you identified safety as my main issue like within the first 20 seconds I was just floored and it was so <laughs> incredibly helpful because I had a um I had a childhood where I wasn't physically safe, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I realized then that everything I'd done, um, all the a lot of bad decisions I think I'd made, and a lot of the limiting beliefs I had came from feeling like, well, if you step a toe out of line, you're going to get smacked. It's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. physically hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know that we have a lot of listeners who have also had childhoods like that. And that's why I yeah. wanted to make sure that we didn't miss over that because it's so powerful mm-hmm. and so important of doing this work to acknowledge some of where those beliefs come from, that they really are survival and and the courage it takes mm-hmm. to open those up and start looking at them. But then also the fantastic reward we get when we really get to break oh. through those and get to the other side. Oh, absolutely. And one thing I do want to also say is that I spend a lot of time in therapy many years mm-hmm. ago that really helped me um, get to the point where I could take care of myself, where I could actually look at this stuff. And without the therapy, mm-hmm. I don't think therapy, I don't think I would have been coachable at all. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it made a I huge totally difference because there was a lot of, there was a lot of trauma yeah. I had to deal with. So um, now I can, I can look at, you know, everything move forward. So 
a good thing to do. So tell us a little bit about that process for you. So when you first started working with Jay, was it that you just had a desire to write or was it? Oh, no, she was already a writer. Been trying to actively she was already a writer. Do? Okay, you were actively oh, writing. Yeah. She's always been a writer. Yeah, no, I, I, so often I didn't call myself a writer. So now you've written a book. So how did we get from, I can't do this, I'm a writer, but I can't make money or I can't make this happen, to, to I just write a, wrote a book and I'm putting it out there to the universe. So how did, can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Well, as, as Jay was saying, I've always been a writer. I've usually, I've worked, been a newspaper reporter. That's the first place I did a lot of writing. Um, I've worked as a communications consultant. I've always, but it was always, uh, was always speaking for someone else. I wasn't speaking in my own voice. Um, I've even written two books, two nonfiction books that were, um, again, about other issues. Um, but um, they weren't, they weren't, again, they didn't feel like I was speaking as me. And um, yeah. it, it, I think the journey, the journey started um, years ago when I first started doing therapy and looked at the trauma and, and found two very good therapists to work with. And then the journey continued. Um, I think what I needed from Jay was help to believe, to put together. It was like I was a basketball player who had always shot hoops, you know, and I'd always played in uh, uh, pickup games uh, in, the, in parking lots and stuff. But I'd never thought I could really play on a team. And I really didn't think I could play in a, you know, a big-time team. And um, Jay, I think, the work with him was really helpful in coaching me to realize that I, oh, you know, it wasn't just that I could go in my backyard and make baskets. I could play. The coach would put me in. Right. And... Um, so uh, I could speak as a writer. That means I could speak with my own voice. I could talk about the topics that are most important to me and write about them. And yeah. um, and I think the first part of that was really realizing uh, that um, safety was an issue for me. And that uh, once I realized that it, and putting that on top of the work I had done years before and dealing with the trauma. So I was at a place where I could emotionally kind of go, Oh, that connects to those past childhood issues, to the violence. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. I can step back here and go, am I physically safe if I write about what I write about? Well, yes. And, okay, physical safety for me also equates to money. As an adult who's done a pretty good job of taking care of myself physically and, and putting myself in good situations with the people I love and families and stuff, um, I'm now going, okay... Safety has gotten, my childhood concerns about safety have gotten translated into um, concerns about do I have enough money to buy food and have a house to live in and all that kind of stuff. And so, okay, so maybe I'm not, and Jay was really helpful in helping me see that maybe I'm not actually seeing the world as it is. Maybe I'm letting my old childhood feelings of not being safe keep me from trying because I keep thinking things aren't going to work out. Another story, underlying story, is it never works out. <laughs> you yeah. know, Jay and entrepreneurs, how we talk about it always works out. Yeah. I spent a long yeah. time having the opposite story. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And those are, those are the perfect things to point to. So the other thing that I wanted to, that's amazing to me, not amazing, but I think it's important uh, and poignant, is that... Um, you know, because we're spiritual entrepreneurs together, 
one of the things that I'm present to often is a divine order. And we talk about that a lot, just how things, you know, we think that we're having life unfold as it should. And sometimes we get impatient. But if you really pay attention, you can look back 2020 hindsight and see everything I needed to learn up until this moment I needed to get to where I am today. Mm, yeah. And for you, Diane, you know, like, I want to get into your book now because, you know, your book is called A Daily Shot of Hope, right? Mm-hmm. And, well, your daily um, shot of hope. Your daily shot of hope. And, you know, it's it's daily meditations which talk about hope. But, part, you know, you have a background of being a writer in political times. You've done political writing. You've written for campaigns. Yeah. You've done all that work that it's interesting that even though these are meditations, they're coming from somebody who has this huge background in all these different kinds of writing. And I would assert that you needed all that experience to bring you right here to this moment where you have this book. Yeah, I think that's quite likely. And I needed the experience of a tough childhood, as much as I hate to say it, that did in a sense to bring me here. Yeah, uh, yeah. uh, one of the things that I, I, it was only when I was actually writing the introduction to this book that I realized that a um, a question I had to ask myself a lot when I was a child was how do I find the courage to get through this day? You know, recent events in the world have felt a lot like that, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, I literally had somebody tell me today that if they were a young person, they would not at all want to bring a child into the world and into our world right now. Oh, there's that level of desperation out there, right? I mean, people are really feeling mm-hmm. like desperate. Yeah. And so your b- yeah. book is right on time. Yeah, which is kind of why I, I had I was preparing a book of meditations. There were actually going to be meditations about love. I'd written the first draft, and then um, after the election, um, I felt like um, I needed to change the focus a little bit, and so yeah. get it out immediately because it yeah. was like, uh, which is why this is volume one because I wanted to get something out right now. Um, yeah, and not wait for the full book to be yeah. done. This is this is enough meditations for one a day for a little over three months. So tell us about that. Like the idea is that just every day they're they're short. I mean, I'd like to read read at least one because I've got one pulled up here. I have it in my Kindle, and or mm-hmm. my which is on my phone, which I love. Yeah. Uh, that I have I have the book version too, but I have the digital version, which I you know it's with me all the time. So you know what's great about it is just. They're, I love, I'm not going to lie, I love that they're short. <laughs> yeah, well, me too. Like, <laughs> I don't mean to be a jerk, but I mean, I just, <laughs> you know, like for me, oh, Jay. I like I like something to go to that is like, it's brief, but it just get, reminds me, it grounds me. You know what I mean? And I think that mm-hmm. that's what we need. We eat all throughout the day. Many of us, especially now, need an opportunity to just get grounded for a second. You know, we can get so caught up in fear and projecting all especially right now with all the things that are coming down which just it's a this is a perfect week to be talking about this in terms of our country because for crying out loud the things that have come down in the last week for some of us are terrifying and so yes. uh you know i think that this uh is an opportunity to just take a minute and get grounded um in mm-hmm. in connected mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about the hope part for you? I mean, where did that, you said that you were doing meditations on love and then it sort of came to this place, but how did, what was your process for that? I mean, have you been developing this over years? I mean, what was, what is it, how did we get here? 
Well, I think some of it, uh, I think a lot of what writers do is develop things subconsciously over years. So I know it's been percolating for a long time. And when I looked at the, um, I had uh, two years ago, I got the idea to do what I was going to call 365 Love, which is a meditation a day in love. And I wrote uh, 10 meditations a day till I got 300, well, a few more than 365. And then that was an awesome experience to spend a couple hours every day or more contemplating love ooh, that's that's fun i i urge urge you mm. anyone to do that and i'm not talking about romantic love i'm talking about intimate connection and um uh the, just the feeling of love of being loved or loving someone else and um that was a very good experience and then as everything um got pretty uh well after the election and and even during the campaign as people were getting feeling a lot of despair um and i certainly was feeling that way but uh, every once in a while i thought about no the issue really is hope and i realized that a lot of the meditations i'd written about love uh they might change a few words and they become about hope and then also what i realized that i wanted to do was something that i had learned to do on just without hardly thinking about it as a child um again how do i the, the question i found myself faced with is how do i find the courage to get through the day and i learned to do that by evoking a sense of love or hope or beauty or something like that that just have a gut feeling of it uh, uh, and I learned later that it's kind of like a mindfulness, kind of a, you're kind of like meditating on it, even though as a kid, I vividly remember standing next to, it had been a big rainstorm that day. I grew up in Michigan, just outside of Detroit, and there was been a huge rainstorm, and there was this big puddle in a parking lot, and the light hit the puddle at just the right angle for there to be these beautiful highlights and, and kind of ripples of, of the water. And that was so beautiful and it grounded me so much and made me feel so wonderful that I started doing that wherever I was. One of the meditations in the book, one of the first ones, is about looking at the sky. No matter where you are, when it hurts to breathe, you can always look up. I mean, whether the sky is gray or blue, it's, it can it ground you in the sense of freedom. And and you you know and it basically it it shifts your feelings, shifts or or to put it in the language of uh, a spirituality it shifts your energy. So um, I kind of basically to go back to your question about process and how this happened is I took a look at what I'd been doing in my life and what had worked and I attempted to write it down. <laughs> That's kind of what happened, and so I took some of the existing meditations yeah. and then i wrote some new ones i want to read that one real quick it's it's number two. Oh, about this guy mm-hmm. yeah yeah day two when we cannot hope we can look up the sky follows us on days when it hurts to breathe it comforts us blue or gray there is majesty wide and endless room to fly <laughs> that's nice it's very nice thanks room that's to fly room to fly <laughs> room yeah. to fly heck yeah oh wow oh i'm glad you guys like it thank you one of the things that makes being an effective writer is you just attempt to almost be a transcriber of your experience uh and to uh just what does it feel like and write it down and I realized that in a technical sense, what what I think I'm doing in these meditations is 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 bringing people into the moment, 
and and mm. shifting shifting their energy if they can follow them along. And I think of it as kind of a daily kind of a daily vitamin shot. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. So tell us about like, what's your, what, uh, what's your hope, your hope um, out of this book? What's your hope that how people use it? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you want to create with this now that you have the book done and how can we support you in that? Well, um, uh, to get to the, how you can support me buy the book, recommend it to your friends. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> Tell other people about it and have me on your podcast again. Thank you. <laughs> we're, um, we're doing check. <laughs> <laughs> check. Check. <laughs> Very good. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for any writer, if you if you want them to do more of their work, buy their work and, and tell your friends to buy it. Um, mm-hmm. Buy many, multiple copies and give them to your friends. But uh, beyond the fact that uh, I am you know working to bring making a living with writing, and turning that into a reality, what I want to do is, what I hope is that people will be able to feel, to get a sense of a place to rest. Ah, A lot of these meditations, actually, I realized after I looked at what I created, are about Um, Mm self-care. You know, you don't have to solve everything today and take a breath. Um, And and you you can come back stronger. Um, and also shifting the energy, shifting your energy, bringing you into the moment. There are a couple about walking, at least one about walking on the beach, uh, another one about paddling. There are two that involve grandchildren <laughs> that are fun, I think, because little kids, they're, they're two and four. And, and at the time that they were doing these things that are in the book, I think they were one and three, they, they bring you into the moment. If you can be, I mean, a child will make you 100% pre- present. Uh, they'll take you totally away from whatever stuff you have going on in your head and say, okay, I'm right here. What's most important is this green ball. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. my hope is that yeah. be able to evoke these feelings for just a few minutes. You can take a breath and go, okay. It's okay. And in the introduction, I also talk about how from a political point of view, from a uh, point of view of the the big picture in the world right now, we have lots of reasons to hope. Mm -hmm. Um, The most amazing, supposedly impossible things have happened uh, Mm -hmm. over the centuries when people just hoped and then took action. And so um, I want people to understand that they're not at all helpless. And they just have a place to go to rest and to recharge and to maybe get some perspective. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was just talking to a client the other day about how, um, and she's, a, she's another coach that I coach. And we were talking about the idea of turning it over um, because or letting mm-hmm. it go, which is like in my book, my step seven. It's like you, you can't hold on to the how. You've got to release it. But when people haven't had when people haven't had a powerful spiritual background for them, teaching them how to let go or how to turn it over when they don't already have a built-in faith is not an easy concept for people. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you've grown mm, up yeah. with zero faith 
And then uh, who are you turning it over to? Like, what does that mean? What is that like? And so, you know, it's easier for me to coach people who have already come from some place where they have some foundation of, you know, personal faith or some kind of faith that they know the sun will rise again, things will be okay. Well, And so what I always do is when I need to try to, when I have somebody that I'm serving in that way, I ask them to just find something that resonates with them that will you know, allow them to just be still for a minute and evoke the just everything you just talk about. Find an ounce of hope and to to just let it go because mm-hmm. if, if nothing else, to give the cortisol in your brain a break. <laughs> you know, if nothing mm-hmm. else, to just give mm-hmm. you a moment of peace. And so, what I love is that this is a great tool for that. Right, this is a great tool for all people, and it does. I want to make sure that we reiterate that this is. You don't have to believe in anything to read this book or to get it. Oh no. No, it's not basic. Yeah, it's not basic. I'm a spiritual entrepreneur, and I'm extremely spiritual. But I actually, uh, at at at, uh, we go to the same church, and I'm like the resident atheist at the church. I don't believe in a certainly not a not a conventional view of God. In fact, I have another Mm -hmm. book I've been working on on and off called The Joyful Heretic, which is about uh, faith for the non-believer, and. I don't think I, I think if if faith in God or a divine spirit in some way works and helps you, I think it's wonderful and I think it's a really good thing to do. But what I've realized in the last few years is that I have a deep and abiding faith. And it's mm-hmm. not a faith in something outside of myself. It's just I don't know, it's interesting. It's just a faith. I have faith the sun will rise tomorrow. That's faith. Yeah. You know? I agree. I, I agree. I, yeah. And, um, and so yeah, it's, it's a blessing. I think that we have a lot of listeners who have, who find, have a struggle with finding the right way to say that, you know, to deal with that part of it since they don't believe necessarily in capital G O D type of God or Jesus or that kind of thing. And so when we start to get too lean into religious, um, they start to pull back because there is a lot to unpack there, especially for people who grew up in specific Religions that might have felt like they were, you know, um, not, you know, they were held back by that or they were not, they were discriminated against within their church or whatever that might be. So to be able to have something that it's literally just faith, what a beautiful way to just, you know, that's, you can have faith and it doesn't have to be in some entity. It's faith in yourself, you know, faith in the things that are, that keep moving forward and, Science proves that the sun's going to keep coming up. So, well, or just just faith, yeah, just faith that it's going to work out. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's, um, I don't, yeah, I, there's one in here that's actually about that, but I can't exactly find it right now. Um, it's number four. Well, it's, it's one of my fa- faith. favorites is number four, which is uh, that I have right in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. that I was that's the one I was thinking about when I when I were was talking about that. Um, Oh, this I, do is you it. Have yeah, it with yeah. You? Would you like yeah, to read yeah, it, Diane? Sure. Um, yeah. So day four is where did we get the idea that the only faith that matters is faith in God? God can be the center of faith, of course, if that works for you. Embrace it. But faith, solid, sweet, so real you can touch it. Faith is trust. Nothing more. Nothing less. Trust that the sun will come up tomorrow. Birds will sing shortly before dawn, and we frail, confused human humans will rise. 
Amen. That's faith. Nice. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, amen. Amen. I like That's it. Fantastic. So, Diane, tell us uh, so we can tell our listeners uh, how do we find you? How do they get your book? How do they access you or more of you? Well, uh, you can find the book at Amazon.com. Uh, right now, it's only available on Amazon. Uh, I'm working to change that, but at this moment, you can get it at Amazon as both an ebook and a paperback. And you just Google your daily shot of hope. You can find me at, um, I've created a new uh, website uh, to go along with this book. In fact, I bought the domain name the day after the election, and I didn't even know what I was going to do with it. And the domain is hopeandpolitics.com. I just mm. knew I had, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, that that's a good one to uh, directly to the book and a few other things. And um, also, once this podcast is up, we'll have a link there. And um, you can also find me at diansilver.net, but hopeandpolitics.com is probably the best place. And we can put that in the show notes, hopeandpolitics.com. Yep, we can. And then are you on Facebook or? I am on Facebook. I am at Diane Silver on Twitter. And after conversation at the last entrepreneurs meeting, I think I'm going to go check out Instagram. And uh, someone else recommended Tumblr. But right now I'm on Twitter. Oh, good. Yeah. I think that Instagram would be great for you. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm dragging myself into the 21st century, you know. <laughs> right, with us. right with us excellent uh, it was so wonderful to get to meet you Diane and I am so excited to get a copy of your book and to use this as I mean I think that hope is such an important piece of our daily lives and to be able to have these little short snippets that just remind us um, and just that ease of use I'm so excited for everybody who's out there this isn't one of those things where you feel like you're just burdened by another thing to add to your to-do list instead it's something that actually you can really easily connect to and it just just in the couple that we've read I mean are just so incredibly uplifting uh, so thank you so much for putting this out to the universe for all of us to be able to uh, experience with you and yeah thank thanks you for, for coming and out. sharing it with us yeah you two, you two are both doing wonderful work so keep it up Thank you. Thank, oh, thank we you. Will. Thank you. All right. Have a blessed day. All righty. So thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you soon. We'll see you next week. And thanks again, Diane. Thanks, Diane. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We appreciate you so much, and we invite you to join us at Doing the Work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. Uh, We have a great discussion group there going, or visit us at jayandbecca.com for show notes. We have uh, pullouts of links to the books and the things that we talk about. And as always, we are here for you and we want to be part of your weekly self-care. So thank you so much for listening. Stay connected and most importantly, be kind to you. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Jay, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.